Immediately we see Brie walking in the woods and my first thought was just, can this girl get a fucking indoor date? Good morning, Kayla. We're coming at you, not live, but I guess live, with um, another premium morning recording, which means that we might sound more drunk than we would have if we had recorded at 10 p.m. last night. It's possible. My brain doesn't fully wake up till like 1 p.m., so there's a very high chance that I'm going to sound more disoriented. I'm not having coffee. I actually forgot to make it before we started recording, so maybe I'll be really angry. Is it the franchise or is it my lack of caffeine? Let's see. Who's to say? We kick off the episode with the women hanging out before Fantasy Suites. It is absolutely wild to me that they are still together. They did this for Peter's season two. They kept the women together way longer than they normally do for a Fantasy Suite week. Usually at this point, the women are separated from each other to create pandemonium because they don't know what's going on with the other women. And I don't know if which is worse, the unknowing of before or listening to the other women come back and tell you how great their overnight date was. Both seem pretty fucking bad. And every time they do this one, it's just like so awkward. I'm like, I'd rather just see them separate and not have drama than have to see this weird, awkward, like, hey, how was it? How was the sex? Oh, Especially with how Rachel handled it, which we'll get into later, but I was like railing her last night over text to you, but then I had to like take a step back and think about it. And I was like, how would I handle that situation? And frankly, I would also be crying. I hate to defend Rachel, but like it would also upset me. And I I think it is not fair that they're keeping them together. I think that's a really weird move. It's like a mind game. It's just like fucking with them. And it's, it's like kind of cruel, honestly. Right. So Michelle gets the first overnight. And then Matt says his first of two double entendres in the in this, where he says, one thing I've struggled with in previous relationships is going deep as they're talking about overnight dates. And I was just like, Matt, there was other ways you could have worded that. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, there it were. Just... You could have said actually anything else. That's kind of how yes. I feel about the whole season with everyone. I'm like, you could have said anything but what you said. So then before we go into Michelle's date, um, we see one of my least favorite things that we've ever seen on this show, where we see Matt have a conversation with his dad, which we have learned throughout the course of the season is an estranged relationship. He doesn't really have a relationship with his dad. And... (sighs) It was really awkward to watch. It definitely felt invasive and like it was something that we shouldn't be seeing. And clearly Matt felt the same way because last night he tweeted, tonight's convo with my dad was hard to experience and it's just as hard to watch all this time later, especially knowing the world is watching with me. I just wanted to say that too often we see dangerous stereotypes and negative depictions of black fathers in media and they have consequences when presented without context. All I hope is that people watch this conversation with nuanced care and also an understanding that there are real systemic issues at play. I'm so proud of myself for being vulnerable and I'm so proud of my mother. I wouldn't be who I am without my dad and that's a fact. We cannot, obviously we say this a lot on the season just because so many of the issues of this season are racial. This is not an experience that we can speak to, but being a white female, I understood how uncomfortable this was and I just, I don't know how this got greenlit to air. It was just like, like he said, it was just perpetuating racial stereotypes, which was inappropriate and horrible and traumatizing. And then putting it on TV for the world to see. 
like that's not okay and this show I mean as we've talked about all season especially this season with everything going on like this show just does whatever it wants to to make like you know endearing television or what they think is endearing but this was just uncomfortable and I felt I just felt horrible I felt like I don't I don't want to watch it not because I don't care about Matt, but because I, it's not my business. I feel the same about like speaking on it more than what we're already saying, which is it was weird to watch. And I felt bad that he had to go through it and then had to like watch with the world last night. Right. And this is something that obviously in Matt's instance, like a lot of things that the franchise has put Matt through, it is very clearly racially charged. That being said, Matt is not the first lead that has been emotionally exploited like this. And I'm uncomfortable absolutely every time, like when they brought back Becca Kufrin's manipulative ex-boyfriend, right? As she was about to get engaged to Ari, she literally hadn't spoken to him in months. And they were like, oh, go, go see Becca in the Maldives or wherever they were. So stupid. And obviously that is a very different situation because that is a white woman and her ex-boyfriend, not this situation. But it is worth noting that the lead does tend to get emotionally manipulated often. And it just feels, I think, particularly harsh for Matt James because it is racially motivated. And at the same time, the franchise in recent weeks has put him through such a barrage of shit that having this happen on top of it, I'm just like, is this poor guy going to catch a break? Like, seriously, brutal. It's all just so exploitative. And that's what this show is. But more and more, we're seeing how like this show could just be stupid and just be about dumb people trying to find love and instead they try to do everything in their power (laughs) to make it like dramatic but what ends up happening is they exploit people and they traumatize people and that's horrible why can't we just have this be the basic fucking stupid dating show that it's intended to be people will still watch i promise we don't need to traumatize contestants and viewers like anybody who has gone through experiences like this like that's also traumatizing to them you guys we can just have our silly little bachelor show i can drink my wine and watch them play stupid little games they can do an obstacle course if they want on a group date or whatever right and it's also just like when we're saying this could just be a silly little show like this really could just be such a basic thing of We cast all different people. We cast people different shapes, sizes, ethnicities, all sorts of stuff. And we don't let casting the Black Bachelor be the only thing we capitalize on for the entire season. We just cast Black leads because that's what we should do. They could actually cast people that actually represent what people in real life look like. I actually really love um, that a contestant, this is a little sidebar, but Chelsea from this season get what podcast she was on. It might've been bachelor happy hour, but it might've been something else. I don't remember, but she started talking about uh, body diversity within the franchise as well, which I loved hearing from Chelsea because she's a runway model. So this is not, I mean, Chelsea has by societal standards, the perfect body. So for her to be aware enough to speak to the fact that there is not size inclusivity on the show, I was like, thank you. This needs to come from a runway model. Like this can't come from the chubby girls like me sitting on my couch being like, I wish there were chubby girls on the show. Like this, it's like, this needs to come from the runway models that are like, we need to have more size inclusivity. There has to be, especially because like it applies to men and women, but women on this show are expected to be so tiny and like chiseled and like, just like so fit and like guys yeah usually they're like absolutely shredded obviously we're seeing matt james who's like literally a rock but like (laughs) pilot pete was like just like a normal guy like he just had like a normal guy body and is still very small i'm not saying like 
you know, they're not yeah, yeah. pulling wonders over there on, on The Bachelor, but, but in general, like there's different expectations for the men and women and the women are expected to be very, very specific. And the men, it's like, well, as long as you're like, you know, kind of attractive, you can kind of get away with anything. But so, like, just, yeah. I mean, but like how classic, right. <laughs> like women have to have 0% body fat and Pilot Pete could be the bachelor. Again, not that he's fat, he's not, but just the standard for men is very different than what it is for women. Right. Th- this is now just an episode pointing out all the flaws in the franchise. Welcome. Which has been this entire season of our podcast. We're just like, and yeah. this is what's wrong, and this is what's wrong. What's not wrong, I do want to point out, is that um, Emily, for our nice morning recording, is wearing a sweatshirt that says, I'm never dating another Matt again. As long as I live ever. And I just feel it's really important that I, I pointed that out because we don't yes. just, we don't just talk the talk. We buy the sweatshirt. We buy the sweatshirt. We buy the very expensive sweatshirt because it, it personally applied to my motto a little too closely. So thank you, Queen Victoria, for giving me one good thing. <laughs> giving me one thing I didn't hate. Anyway, so back to the episode. The first overnight is for Michelle and he meets her and they are going to do a spa day. And he is like being really cute and being like, oh, you're a teacher. And I thought you deserved a break and all this stuff. And then he's like, granted, it's a Pennsylvania Dutch spa day. And I don't know what that means, but we're going to find out. And I was like, I was just prepared for this to be like the least relaxing thing she'd ever experienced. So I'm glad that it ended up being okay. But I was like, Matt, (laughs) I was like, what in the Amish are we about to experience? But and that's kind of what we got actually. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we got them putting their feet into like a yogurt thing. I think it was, it was like yogurt, oatmeal, right? Oatmeal, like oatmeal yogurt or something. Yeah. And Michelle tries to make Matt eat it at one point, which was very funny. Um, he also, and- when they went in, started just sticking his finger in everything and sniffing it. And it was so weird, but so funny. I was like, this is the Matt James that I've been waiting for all season. He's like, funny. Yeah. Jesus. Like we only see it in cut clips. But Emily, we don't care that Matt James is funny and has charcuterie boards. We care that Matt James is black. And that's all that we want to talk about this entire season because we cast the first Black Bachelor. So just take your idea about Matt James being funny and just throw it right out the window. It doesn't matter in this context. If you're the Bachelor franchise, all that matters is that he's the first Black Bachelor and that he works out. And that's all that we want you to know. We don't (laughs) want you to know he works for charity. We don't want you to know what he does. We don't want you to know anything about him. They don't want us to know that he's funny. And he's also more funny with Michelle than with other women. Like they have a very good rapport. Yes. Yeah. We see that she brings out a very, a very playful side of him. So they have a milk bath. Then they go to the dinner portion. And I really loved this conversation that Michelle brought up with him because Matt started to compliment her on her family and how wonderful they were and all this stuff, which obviously we watched. They're incredible. And she talks about how not did her parents fall in love, but they make it to stay in love. And she starts talking about how that's something that's really important to her when picking a future partner is that she wants this to be someone that she thinks is going to put in that same work of staying in love and that that is work and that's a commitment. And I loved it because I feel like that's not a conversation we see on the show ever. It's always about like, I'm falling in love with you. Like I'm, I'm tiptoeing towards maybe being in love with you. And like Michelle is talking about the longevity of love, which I really appreciated. Right. And like on this show, this show is all in like the now. It's like all like, this is the present moment. And so let's focus on, I just want to get engaged at the end of this and like, we'll figure it out. But I really love that she wanted to have that conversation because everyone who actually is successful on this show 
also talks about that. Like Zach and Tasha have talked about that. Brian and Rachel have talked about that. Like, it's like afterwards, you know, there's so much more to it. It's not just, okay. And now we like go on and figure it out and go about our lives. Like you have to figure out how to be with each other, how to stay in love, how to make each other happy. And yeah, really important conversation. Absolutely loved that she brought it up in the context of any type of relationship, but especially with this show where we never focus on that. I was like, good. Yes. And she just had such a, I feel like sometimes women on the show get nervous to bring up longevity because it's, it's that stereotype that's kind of drilled into not just women, but people who are looking for more long-term relationships. So don't bring that up. Like you might them out like blah, 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 blah. But Michelle's basically like, no, like if we're going to commit to this, like I need to know that we're to this like what what does that look like for you what does staying in love look like for you and like really great conversation um you tweeted it last night but it's so true like not being team michelle embarrassing embarrassing. it would simply be embarrassing like i it seems horrible wherever whatever headspace you're in i like brie if you're like team brie i'm like okay good for you but like michelle and him are just such soulmates yeah but it's really hard for me to imagine not being team michelle at this point um but yeah, they just, she's just great. And she's smart. Like that conversation showed that she like actually is mature, much more mature than Rachel. We just get a lot more from Michelle in that she Always. like, you can tell she's ready. You can tell that she wants to have the tough conversations and you can tell that she's not embarrassed of how she feels and doesn't feel like she needs yeah. to like manipulate him or feel like insecure to like get what she wants. Like she's like, no, this is what I want. And if that's too much for you, then bye. <laughs> yeah queen so so uh they go to the fantasy suite obviously she says she loves him very standard super cute and then in the morning when they're saying goodbye i'm just like how in the world does he not pick her like they're so cute together clearly such strong feelings there and i am just sad but we'll see what happens in the finale next week even though we already know i'm just gonna be so mad at him i'm gonna be so pissed and i can feel it then michelle comes back to lobby of the nema colon they don't let them hang out anywhere cool besides the lobby. Yeah, just the lobby, I guess. She's not offering up information. Like, she's not being insensitive. Brie asks her explicitly how it went. And Brie is clearly more able to compartmentalize than Rachel is because Brie ends up admitting to Matt later that it makes her upset. But Brie is clearly more able to compartmentalize, like, okay, Michelle is my friend can talk to Michelle about this, even though it is Matt. And I get it. Like from, again, I hate to defend Rachel, but from Rachel's perspective, I get it. Like you've invested really strong feelings in this person. And like, fuck, like I would get upset if the guy I was dating in college, like went to a party and I knew he was probably hooking up with someone. And that was a like, like, and like these, like this is televised. There's such invested feelings there. Like I understand why she was getting so upset, but at the same time, it's like girlfriend, the same every season. I hate to say it because we haven't ever been on this show and I do want to like give grace to contestants, obviously, mm-hmm. but like, what do you think you signed up for? You know what I mean? Like, and I say it every time and I feel bad about it. Cause I know that that's so much easier said than done. Like I yeah. say, what do you think you signed up for? And then I would go on the show and be like a fucking terror. So I understand, but I also am like, I mean, that's kind of the blessing and the curse of making it this far. Like right. you're here, but also this is what's happening. And it's, it is unfortunate. I think the problem with Rachel that I had with her reaction comes a little bit later, more so than now. I just felt like she was being childish about it and we'll get into it. But when she saw Matt, she was like still like holding a grudge. Yeah. And I was like, 
like you, I absolutely get being upset, but like you said, like Brie was clearly upset, but, but had this ability to be like, you know, I'll bring it up to him. I'll talk to him about it. Like, it's hard to see, but like, it kind of like, I feel like affected Rachel's whole persona and also her day with him as we'll get into later. But yeah. I just uh, like Michelle got back and like, yeah, Michelle wasn't offering up information and Michelle was being actually really nice about it. She was like, you guys will see, like, it's really nice to get the time and you guys are going to like really enjoy it. Yeah. And was trying to be like actually helpful and give like feedback on it to help them, which she didn't have to do. And then Rachel just still was, was not reacting well. Classic. This week, we are highlighting my friend Abby Callery and her amazing art. She does all different types of commissions. For Christmas, I gave Kayla a pouch that Abby hand-painted that said, Don't Insult My Intelligence, has our logo on it. It's literally a perfect replica. She's an amazing, amazing painter. She does greeting cards for all different seasons. She's doing Valentine's cards. She does tons of commissions. So anything you may need, any of your artistic, personalized needs, go check her out on Instagram at artcallery. So then it's Bree's date next. And why in the world does Michelle get to go to the spa? Rachel gets to go shopping and Brie has gone ATVing, off-roading, and now she's fucking camping in the woods. Like Brie was the Ivan Ice Bath van date, camper date. Literally. Like that was literally what Brie got. And I was like, okay. If I were Brie and I was about to go on my third like lengthy date with Matt and I, they were like, okay, so start walking in the woods again. I would self-eliminate right then and there. I'm I, like, I don't understand how she, <laughs> they keep sticking her in the mud and in the woods. And like she, when they're sitting by the fire later that they build, she's like, I know I keep saying this, but like, this is stuff that I wouldn't normally ever do. I'm like, probably because she doesn't like to be outside and they've made her have every single outside date in their arsenal. It's also, again, like it's Pennsylvania. It's not like it's outside in like California or Hawaii where it's like, oh, it's like beautiful out. Like it's not fucking like warm. I wouldn't want to be outside in Pennsylvania more than I, like I went outside yesterday and I don't know if you can tell I'm having a horrible allergic reaction to the outdoors. (laughs) So like cold states aren't really it. I was convinced they were actually going to sleep out there because um, of the Ivan trailer incident. I was like, they're going to make Bree sleep in this fucking tent. They're going to do it. I was like, they've done it before. Why wouldn't they do it again? Their fantasy suite in a tent for real. But yeah, she like, and she says in an ITM, I think she's like, I'm not really an outdoorsy person. If Bree had won, they would have gone out into the real world and Matt would have been planning all these like hikes, these like river rafting things, thinking that he had picked this like outdoorsy queen. And then Matt has his second kind of egregious sexual statement when he looks Brie directly in the eyes. And I think he knew what he was doing with this one when he said, oh, I can pitch a 10. And I, again, looked at my TV like a little boy and was like, hee, hee, hee. But we also, again, like we see Brie laugh at this and we see like throughout their date too, we see like a little bit more of a fun side of Matt. Not as fun as Michelle. It comes in degrees. It's like Michelle is the most fun, then Brie, and then Rachel is like bottom, like they don't have any fun. So this one again, it was like, oh, they're like laughing. Ha ha. That's cute. Like Brie like laughed at it and was like, oh my God, like you idiot, which is exactly how one would react if their boyfriend made that joke. Right. It was very cute. Actually, I would self-eliminate, but she laughed. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, I don't know. Like they just had like a cute time. I they had a silly goose time building their tent. Time. 
And then um, I got this text from a friend, so I have to give credit where it's due for the joke, but I got a text from a friend while watching this. They were like, and this is where they do a crossover with Survivor for Brie because all she ever seems to do is be outside. So if Brie wants to be a contestant on Survivor, I mean... I think she's proven herself at this point, so. Can you imagine if she went into the woods and all the other girls who had been eliminated were there and they were like, once you get eliminated. You're on Survivor. We are now Survivor. (laughs) That would be a great crossover, actually. I think that Bachelor, call me. I I have a pitch for you. Because you just eliminate everyone, send them to the woods, and then they have to be Survivor. Double game show. Love it. Well, considering the fact that uh, we've had to redact everything we've ever said about Chris Harrison that was positive, um, I'm sure I'm going to eat my words at saying this because I haven't Googled Jeff Probst since I was in the third grade. But just like, if he's not problematic, which I don't know if he is or he isn't, I mean, like new host, like I love Jeff Probst or I used to when I was in the third grade. Someone's going to DM me after this and be like, Jeff Probst is a racist. So in that case, take that with a grain of salt. But as of right now, potential. (laughs) I think that's a great idea. I think Kit would be gone so, so (laughs) fast. She doesn't even, she can't play hide and seek. Love her. Anyway. So they go to the dinner portion of the day, which I'm sure that Brie and Matt have talked about more than just not having dads. But that is all we ever seem to see them talk about is the absence of a father in their lives. And- Obviously, Brie is a contestant of color as well. I don't know if this is the same kind of manipulative editing. I I don't know, but I have to imagine that by getting to this point in the competition, they have talked about more than just that. And it just felt to me, and this is not a critique on the two of them because I'm sure they talked about other things, but it was just annoying to watch the third conversation about this. Like, we get it. Like, they both yeah. have a strange father relationship upbringing stuff. And, and I'm not invalidating that, but it's just kind of like, okay, we already know that about the both of them. Show right. us a different part of the conversation. Well, it once again seems like this perpetuation of like these stereotypes almost by the editing. You know, who knows actually what they talk about. Everything is so edited and they edit out so much, but it just seems kind of like careless almost too. Like, I don't need to see them have the third conversation about the same thing I've seen them have conversations about. I would like to see their relationship, like the other sides of it. And like, what else do they talk about? And so it was like this careless editing or very intentional editing that was just like, okay, I mean, she's top three. Like they clearly have a very good connection. And I just feel like it's constantly made to seem like that's the only thing that they can- That they bond over, yeah. Share, yeah. So then they go to the fantasy suite. She accepts the card. I found it very funny that all three women said something very similar when they picked up the fantasy suite card. They all three were like, yeah, I would love more time with you. I was like, that's not usually what they say. And yet somehow all three of them said it. (laughs) Usually, wow, wow, wow. (laughs) (laughs) They go to the fantasy suite. Um, It's this little tiny room with a fireplace, which as someone who likes to sleep in the Arctic tundra, I was like, I would be sweating and wanting to die. So warm. Like, where's my fan? (laughs) Give me a fan. fan. I have a cooling humidifier because of how little I want to be warm when I sleep. I don't want to be warm when I sleep. Also, wouldn't it like they all obviously accepted, but I do think if I were top three, I would say no. 
not because I would want to say no, but because I just want to like throw, throw them for a loop. And then I would definitely go home. Right. Like, Oh no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and then it's like, well, I'm not keeping you here. I'd be like, great. See ya. <laughs> All right. Cool, like, cool. 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 Just to like change it up. I'm going to go get my FabFitFun deal now. Yeah. I'd be like, cool. So that's pretty much it. Evening portion. Cute. She also great. says she's falling in love. Yeah. Which is like, right. You know, standard at this point standard practice at this point in the game and uh then the next day brie comes home same deal as before brie comes home michelle asks her how it went michelle very able to compartmentalize and have this conversation with brie rachel just having a full meltdown about it now i will say it could be that we are biased because we know what we know about rachel so we are particularly hard on her that being said there have been people in the past that have won and they tend to be the people that handle Fantasy Sweet Week the least well. Mm-hmm. And it's because that they know that they're a very strong contender. Not saying that Brie and Michelle don't think that they are, but Rachel is not the first person that ends up winning that has had this reaction to Fantasy Sweet Week. Yeah. It's just worth noting um, that we might be, our perception of her might be a little bit skewed just based on what has happened since the show. But it was still a very immature reaction. Yeah, it, it was just immature showed, when the other people it, did it. <laughs> right. It does show like the maturity disparity between her and Michelle and her and Brie. But like particularly Michelle, because Michelle is so kind of like, she's not like stoic, but she's like able to understand, like, yeah, he's dating other people and it doesn't take away from what I have. Right. Whereas Rachel doesn't handle it like like that. And then we go on to Rachel's like date. And she continues to be pouty and kind of like standoffish. And that's what bothered me is I was like, I get it. But the fact that you're willing to let it ruin, like maybe your last date because you want to be like pouty and kind of like sulky is it's like an immature tactic. And I know this, like I had a boyfriend when I was 16. I know the tactic because I've done the tactic. (laughs) I've done it. Like, because when you're a kid and you're sad about something, and you don't want to talk about it, but you want them to ask you why you're sad, that's what you do. And it's manipulative. Right. And I recognize right. that. I went to therapy. Like, <laughs> I recognize that I, at one point, used these manipulation tactics. And so it was really, like, that's what upset me the most about it, was like, I get being upset fully. I didn't like that she then took it into her date and then made it, like, is he going to ask me what's wrong? And, like, like showed up pouting and, like, in an ITM, Matt was like, I could tell that there was something on her mind that she wanted to talk about. And it was like, well, yeah, yeah but it's the same thing that the other two women went through, but they weren't like sulking the whole time. And also just, I, I mean, like you said, it's a manipulation tactic. Again, one that I have used, but adults, I, I mean, and I don't even know, I mean, you and I have both gone to therapy. So maybe that is truly why we've somewhat evolved, but I think it's just something that comes with age too. Like, I mean, there have been times that I've been upset with something my partner did or something like that, but because I'm in a long distance relationship, I don't get a lot of time with him all the time. I usually will say like, this is the thing that did that upset me. I want you to know about it, but I don't want it to ruin our time together. And and like, then he'll say he's sorry, or he'll explain it or he'll whatever. And then we'll move on with the fun day that we had planned because- you have to be able to compartmentalize, especially, I mean, long distance is obviously different than The Bachelor, but when it comes to The Bachelor, it's like you do get this like very narrow window of time. And I'm not saying that women should have to 
table their feelings for the comfort of Matt James. You can talk to him about your feelings, but why are you going to let it ruin what could be the last time you have with him? It's like showing instead of telling. And that's what was frustrating about it. It was like, if you're upset, say it. That's okay. Like, I don't think that people should have to hide their feelings just because they're on TV or just because they don't want to ruin their time. Absolutely. That's not what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like it is important to talk about your feelings a hundred percent. And I don't think that that should ever, if you're worried to talk about your feelings to someone, cause you think that'll ruin your day or ruin your relationship. You're probably not with someone you should be with. Right. But right. Matt, from what we've seen is very understanding of things like and that. Receptive. Yeah. And very accepting. So I think Rachel could have shown up and off the bat, sat him down outside and said, this is what's going on. But she kind of took it on. She took it with her for longer than she had to. And like not ruined the date, but like made it part of the date for longer than she had to. I think she could have off the bat said it. Yeah. And like you said, Matt has, Matt has never at any point in the season to any woman, including Victoria, who he couldn't have been less interested in. What is great about Matt is he doesn't reserve his acceptance and his openness for only women he's attracted to, which is what we ask men to do. So thank you, Matt James, for that. But he has given her no reason to believe that he would be mad at her for sharing her feelings. No reason to believe that she can't talk to him about her feelings, which therefore means that she only did this to be manipulative, to be attention seeking. And she got it because he ended up like they walked away and they talked about it and and Matt did one of my favorite things. Um, he did, he brought it up on the hometown episode too. And I just think he has such a funny way of wording things sometimes because he was like, you know, when you landed wrong skydiving, I just, I just really wanted you to be okay. Okay. <laughs> Is that supposed to convince her that you love her? Like, congrats. And like, I know that what he was getting at, like he was so terrified that she, she wouldn't be okay or that she would be hurt. I get what he was getting at, but the way that he words things sometimes I'm like, like Jesus Christ, you fell out of a plane and I wanted right. you to be okay. Like I hate her. And I also wanted her to be okay. You know what I mean? Right. I was like, yeah, I didn't want her to die, but you want a cookie? Like congrats, bare minimum just scooping the bottom of the barrel. Then they make out and they both have clay all over their hands. And all I could think the entire time when Matt was like groping her thighs was I was like, um, you're ruining her Revolve jeans that she had to work very hard for. What the fuck? You know, they only get to bring two suitcases. Who knows if she had other black jeans? I just felt like they should have washed their hands first. Maybe that's just me. Be aware of what you're doing, please. Yeah. Be aware, be aware. And then we go to the dinner portion where Matt tells Rachel that he had this conversation with his dad. He he did have a, a bit of this conversation with every woman on their nighttime date. Like he informed them that he had this conversation with his dad. But we know that Rachel like is his front runner. We know that he needs to explain this the most to her in his brain. And so they have they spend more time on it than the other ones do. And he explains to her why it was so important to have this conversation with his dad. And Rachel is receptive to it and she handles it, I think, really well. But then it's like, to Matt's face, she's like being so mature and so like, yeah, I totally understand that. And like, you're not your dad and you know, blah, 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 blah. And then we see her like in the moment interviews and she's like, put a ring on my finger. I want to be married. Please give me a ring. And I'm like, okay, I understand that this is editing and not necessarily Rachel. Like, I don't mean to discredit that she handled it well when she was talking to Matt, but it was just such like a juxtaposition watching her be so mature to Matt and then just like put a ring on it, do it. Right. And she's like, all I want is to get married right now. And it's like, okay, we know like, that's why you're here. But like, maybe 
listen. Just a big juxtaposition there. Yeah. I didn't write a lot about her date. I really didn't pay that much attention. Me either. Oops. <laughs> Don't care. But I just said, like, I just get so frustrated. And I feel like so many guys who are The Bachelor do this. And men in general. I was so frustrated. I was like, how could he pick her after seeing how she handles hard things? Like, after yeah. the conversation he has with Michelle when she's like, when it gets hard, how do you stay in love? Versus, like, one hard thing happens to Rachel and she pouts for half the day. Like, yeah. that's so frustrating to me. And that's a very typical man thing because it's like, they like me. So that's why they're upset. And it's like, okay, fucking brain cells. But, Michelle likes but, you too. And that's why she wants to talk about the future. Like, it's just such a telltale sign, I think, of her age, just in general. We see this with a lot of young contestants. And I don't know, maybe Rachel will grow out of that pattern of behavior, but she is young. And so to me, it's kind of like, okay, like, you've said numerous times that you are coming on this show because you want to find a wife, you want to settle down, you want to get married. And I hate, I hate the term like wife material or like referring to a woman of whether or not she is of, of the appropriate quality to right. be your wife. Right. But in this sense, it's appropriate because it's like, no, she's not displaying behavior that shows that she is able to commit to an adult relationship. Right Whether now. that be as your wife or right. you're just your partner or your fiance or whatever, like exactly right now she is not displaying the emotional maturity for a long-term relationship. So just like such typical male behavior to be like, but I like Rachel the most. Literally like, it's giving me Victoria Fuller from pa pilot Pete season. Cause every time she went on a date with Peter, this is how she acted. Pouty babyish. Yes. Manipulative. So manipulative the whole time. And then she makes top three. Cause he loved, he loved that about her. That was his favorite thing about her. <laughs> Men have no brain cells, worms for brains. Because like, I was like that to me, if a guy did that to me, I would be like red flag. I'd be like, you right. clearly are not ready for this level of relationship. But something in the water, I guess, that men drink is like, no, this means that they love me. Like, it was just giving me such Victoria Fuller energy. I, I could not stand her last year, like on, on that season. Cause I was like, you're just being manipulative the whole time. You guys have no connection yeah. other than you, whatever, like twisting all your little stories. And that's, that's how I felt. It wasn't to that extreme with Rachel. And obviously it hasn't been like a full season long thing, but this, this day is what that reminded me of. It was just manipulative. I was like, how after seeing this, is that the choice that he makes? So then we go to the overnight portion. She obviously accepts it. Um, they go to the overnight portion. And once again, Rachel gets a whole ass house, a whole house with like fireworks, multiple rooms to hang out in. I was just like, okay. The type of room they get, I'm now you know, convinced is the biggest indicator of who stays because Ivan got a van, Brie got this tiny cottage. Both of them were eliminated after fantasy suites. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But I do think that there's a correlation. Then we close out the episode with a rose ceremony. And I love that we're just like back to the normal structure of the fantasy suites weekends with a rose ceremony. Hometowns ended with a rose ceremony. Like, thank you. I, I couldn't handle the structure we were working out of. Mm -mm. So we have a rose ceremony. This has pretty much been spoiled for a while, so I'm sure everybody kind of knew what was going to happen, but Brie gets eliminated, and Michelle and Rachel are the top two. And, and Brie looks stunning to get broken up with. She looked amazing. I was like, good for her. Brie is how I always wish I looked when I was getting dumped, because I'm always in, like, right. sweatpants and no makeup. It's like the morning after a frat party, and you're like, what? <laughs> 
I have so, last night's eyeliner dripping down my face and yeah. Brie looks sickening. <laughs> she looked amazing. I was like, good for you. Like go out with a bang. Cause she looked so sick. Like she looked so yeah. good. And I was like, yeah, it's what she deserves. And Michelle looked amazing too. And no comment on Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> She's obviously very beautiful, but like, I just feel like Michelle and Brie looked like so stunning at this rose. Oh, no, 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 for sure. Michelle and Brie were the stars. I actually have a critique of Rachel's appearance. Um, And again, not critiquing anything natural about her, just something that is in her control that I recommend she thinks about. I, too, have a Revlon blow dryer brush. I do. And they market it as a one-step process, but it's not. You still have to use, like, hairspray or, like, pomade or something to to just make it look more refined. Like Rachel's hair looked like she just rolled out of bed and, or like had freshly Revlon blow dryer brushed it. Get it. I've been there. I use it. You're on the bachelor level up. It's also like, like, this is like a very picky thing. And it's literally only because of the fact that I don't like her based on what I know, but like the other women, I feel like do something different with their hair, like try to change it up or like have different styles. And you don't have to do that. Some, some don't, and they still look amazing every time, but Rachel always just has the middle part with straight hair, like never does anything different with it. And I'm like, some dresses call for different hair looks. You know what I mean? Like straight hair with a middle part doesn't look good with every dress, you know? I'm excited because the top two are the only two contestants that ever get hair and makeup. They get it for the finale for um, the proposal day. And we know that at this point that Rachel is getting proposed to. I'm very excited to see what an actual hair person will do with Rachel because I think she's not even going to look recognizable to me because I've just seen her hair the same way the whole time. That being said, it's the first thing about Rachel I've looked forward to in a while. So let's see what they do with her hair next week. Yeah. Again, like we shit on her because she looked so good with a middle part. So all of this is like because she's she is very pretty. And so it's like, I want you to do something different. Take a chance, you know? Just, I feel like I'm like a casting director. I'm like, okay, you make the same choice a lot. Let's mix right. it up. Let's see what else you've got. Play this like you're about to jump into a volcano. That's what I want to see this time, you know? Play this like you're about to get dumped. Let's see where this look takes you. Right. So, so, yeah. That's it. That's the end of the episode. Brie goes home. They they have a talk. They talk and... She handles it beautifully. And she says in the, the limo exit, she says, like, it almost is worse because he basically didn't give me a reason. Like, because he didn't, and and he was very open about that. He was like, we had a great time. We had a great date. You didn't do anything wrong. Like, I so I feel like that is the shittiest thing to hear when you're getting dumped because yeah. it's kind of like, okay, well, then why didn't you just keep me? What was the reason? So, right. I, I don't know. I feel bad. So she, but she handled it beautifully. I hope watching it back, she knows that she dodged a bullet. All right, guys, we are talking about one of my favorites here today, which is Mind and Found Jewelry. Designer Jen Bresnan believes living a full life can only be achieved through living a life full of color. No Mind and Found Jewelry is too dressy for day-to-day wear. In fact, can a gorgeous piece of jewelry not make an ordinary day more beautiful? We are playfully elegant and brightly colored in nature, luxuriously wearable. You can expect an array of candy-like gemstones and precious metals. Mind and Found is inspired by the joy and emotion that color evokes in each of us and the confidence that a sparkling talisman can bring to its wearer. They are handcrafted with love in Ridgefield, Connecticut, and you can reach them through their website or on Instagram at mind, M-I-N-E-D, and found, F-O-U-N-D, 
Mind and Found, and their website is the same thing. It's mindandfound.com. So the only thing um, worth talking about in terms of Bachelor gossip is that Heather did confirm that she was cut from the Women Tell All. She didn't explain why. She just said that she was there and she was cut. And some internet sleuths have figured out that Heather and Matt have been a lot of the same places recently, including like middle of nowhere bumfuck Idaho. So it's not just like, oh, they were both in Big Sur a coincidence they both live in California. No, like they were in the middle of bumfuck Idaho and they were both tagging this random place. And people were like, that'd be so crazy. I'm like, no, it wouldn't. It literally happened with Peter and Kelly last season. And that's why she was right. cut from the women tell all. Like it happens. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, and like I said this when Heather went on and she was like really sad that he sent her home. I was like, don't worry. He'll break up with the person he chooses and then probably come back to you, Heather. Like- <laughs> Literally. Because I do think that they actually would be good together. I just think the way it was handled on this season was unfortunate for both of them. Because, like, they fucked Heather over. And they were like, yeah, come towards the end. Come before hometowns. I would not be surprised at all. I would not be shocked. And I also wouldn't hate it, to be honest. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes when people come off this show, like, like the Peter Kelly incident, when you come off this show and you were eliminated, you know that he went on to, in Peter's case, propose to, like, two other women. And you were like, and people kept joking, like Kelly was like the fifth choice. And I kept being like, that's mean. Like, don't rate women like that just because of the way that they fall on the show. But then I was like, no, he really did make her like a fifth choice. Like he basically tried to propose to everybody before her. He literally proposed to the full top four. Like he didn't, but basically like that's, (laughs) we watched like six proposals that season. I was like, Jesus Christ. The thing I think that would make Matt and Heather different is Heather really wasn't a contestant. She was there for like two hours. So she doesn't have to deal with that whole like, oh, he picked all these other women over me no he didn't he just rejected you and he had a good reason he was like it's too late like I've I've developed these relationships with these other women whatever so if he has broken up with Rachel and is now with Heather I feel like that alleviates a lot of the emotional baggage that was there with Peter and Kelly so I think it would be fine it's basically just like she's another person in Bachelor Nation because she was on another season and we see that all the time like people who go on one season of the show end up marrying people who were on another season like Caitlin very common my favorite and yeah and it's not always because of paradise either it just happens like people just like do that because they're all hot it makes perfect sense they're all hot they all have the shared trauma of having been on this show so they get each other like it makes sense that people from bachelor nation gravitate toward other people Rachel Lindsay is back on Instagram which is great hell yes we missed her never oh my god if people ever bully her off again I need addresses count your fucking days so she's back thank god we missed her and we love her and i hope she never leaves again and then the other thing is like not news at all but for me it was very major chelsea and katie facetimed the other day from this season facetimed the other day and posted on their instagram stories and they were like two women who had a disagreement but are grown and have talked through it and like our friends so stop bullying us and I was like, thank God. Cause I was like, I don't want to pit my two faves against each other. Right. I don't want to choose. And they posted that they were like talking or whatever. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. And I, I do so. think that like the, the environment that these women or men, if it's the bachelorette are put in is such a pressure cooker that like, of course people are going to fight and tensions are going to run high. That's what they want. That's why the environment is set up that way. So I love that Chelsea and Katie are just like <laughs> moving past it, being evolved, being strong queens love to see it 
friends again. Thank God. I was like, I don't want this to be a rivalry that I have to deal with. And then lastly, because I... I really just don't want to talk about The Bachelor anymore. Like, I'm ready for a break. I'm ready for the season to be over, which is not to imply that we don't like doing this podcast. It's just that this season has been so exhausting Um, that I just want to talk about something else because it's been living rent-free in my brain for two and a half days, and I know it has been for you too. So this Harry and Meghan interview. I... I can't think about anything else. Like I was thinking about it last night when I was watching The Bachelor. Like that's how little I care about the season now. Oh yeah. I just, yeah. I took an oath in 2019 to be done with redheaded men, but I would literally jump in front of a bus for Prince Harry. Like I no. adore him. Yeah, I would do anything for him. Um, I love him so much. And I always have, I've loved since, since they got married and you could see how much he actually loved her. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was yep, like, that's my prince. That's Diana's son. Absolutely. I was like that, you know what? I don't like to give men any credit, but if there's a man I'm going to give credit to, it's going to be Prince Harry for just being so fucking devoted and nice. That being said, uh, he was not the star of the interview. It was clearly Megan. Oh. Just, oh, yeah. I, I like wasn't, I think it's because I was in college, like when they got engaged and they got married and stuff. And I just wasn't that invested. I remember vividly where I was when William and Kate got married because I was in high school. So it was like all anybody was yeah. talking about, but I just like didn't put that much effort in when Harry and Megan got married. And I never even really noticed the switch, like from when she was sweetheart to like completely demonized. I just like turned that awareness part of my brain off until like they were stepping back in the beginning of 2020. And I was like, wait, why? And then I kind of did my own research and I'm like, oh, they're annihilating her every single day. Yeah. They're being tormented. She's being tormented. It was horrible. Yeah. The shit that was coming out was just like, and they showed a lot of it in the interview, but it was like, this is insane and disgusting. Yeah. Of of the British press. And also just like the hypocrisy of, I didn't, I had never even really paid that much attention to the way that headlines are for Kate versus the way that they were for Megan. And just Oprah pointing out like the direct parallels. I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. The like baby bump thing. Oh my God. Stupidest shit ever. I was like, seriously, like a pregnant woman can't hold her baby bump. (laughs) not if you're Meghan Markle yeah it was it was hard and I texted you this too but just like something that was so like the sick irony of it was just like not lost on me the fact that Harry reveals in this interview we knew that he was um no longer like a royal and official capacity or whatever but being that he is is a by birthright a prince like I don't think it ever occurred to me that he would be like financially cut off or that he would lose security and stuff like that and he reveals in the interview because Oprah was like you know people think that you guys step back so you could do the Spotify deal you could do this Netflix deal whatever and he was like no I was financially cut off I was living off of what my mother left me and we need to make money. Like we have to pay for our security. Like we're very high profile people. We have to have security and we need to pay for it. Right. And I was like, the sick irony of Prince Harry leaving the royal family because he saw history repeating itself between his mother and Meghan. And in the end, the only person to support him was his deceased mother. Was his mom. I was like, literally fucking put a stake through my heart. Literally. Tyler, Tyler Perry and Princess Diana have done more for the monarchy than the queen. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Perry literally housed them. Well, I actually really appreciate that they did not say anything about the queen. Like they were actually very defensive of the queen. No, 
they were the, they were defensive of the queen. I'm, no, no, I'm, no, but the yeah, whole I'm fully making it. No, joke, no, no, I like, know. But the whole interview, I feel like just as people in America who don't have a reigning monarchy, like or really anyone in the world but England, I think that we we think that like the queen is this the most powerful person. And basically, what we learned in this interview is that the queen has no fucking say in anything, and that mm-hmm. the royal family is is just they're just figureheads for all these people behind the scenes because from what they were saying about the queen, it sounds like the queen would not have made these decisions. Right. And like, at one point they showed a statement from the queen quote unquote. And I was like, she did not say that. I was like, who wrote that? She did not say it wasn't offensive by any means, but I was like, she didn't say that. Like, well, it's also like if she had said that and it wasn't mean, like you said, but if she had said that they would not still be in close communication with her the, the way that they are like, they're very right. much aware that this state, like right. she, Megan said, she's like, we FaceTime her to show her Archie. I'm like, they would not be FaceTiming Nana. Right. They Zoom call. The queen does Zoom. <laughs> she's like, they had to download the app on her phone because she couldn't figure out how to do it. <laughs> and you know, oh my God. And you know, she does like the old person thing where you can't see her full face. It's just her forehead. And she's like, Try. she's like, can you see me now? And they're like, no. <laughs> they're like, Nana. You know, her, the like, her name that comes up on Zoom when she signs in is like queen. <laughs> just queen. <laughs> or it's like Grammy. <laughs> also the biggest revelation that came from this interview. Uh, well, there was, there was more important revelations for sure. But the biggest one in my heart was that Harry and Meghan admit that they watched The Crown. Yeah, that's huge. I was like, shut the fuck up. I was like, I live for Prince Harry on the couch watching The Crown. Like, love it. I love, love that. I'm so excited for like, someone tweeted this. They were like, they have to keep the crown going so that Lucas Hedges can get his Emmy because he looks just like Prince Harry. And I was like, please. <laughs> and then I saw one that was like, Zendaya is going to be making a run for a second Emmy when she plays Meghan, Meghan Markle. Markle literally. But yeah, it was major. Basically, I'm a huge Prince Philip conspiracy theorist. Like that man is dead. He's dead. There's no way. Have you seen a picture of him lately? Dead. Has been dead for years. So I'm waiting to see when they drop the news that he's dead to try to distract from this. Cause I'm like, are you gonna like try to, you know, cause a scene? And if so, it would be the perfect time to be like, Prince Philip is dead and he has been for six years. So, but, but then I raised, see, this is the problem that I have with that. You and Tara were both talking about this last night. Like this would be the perfect time to announce it and distract from the Harry and Meghan interview. The problem with that becomes, I had thought that he was dead for years. Right. So if they well, made this announcement now, it would mean nothing to me. I don't. I, think, I thought he's dead for a while. In the U.S., I don't think that we would give a single fuck. I would. I would sleep much better at night knowing that that's not a live man. But because like they're, oh my god, like have you seen a photo of him? So I would. I would sleep much better. But I don't think in the U.S. really anyone would give a fuck. But I think the U.K. would explode because that's huge. When like the yeah. when like not it wouldn't be the same as if like it were the Queen. But it's still like yeah. major because he's so fucking old. He's literally 107. So <laughs> he's been there for so long, like there being like this planet. Uh, so if he <laughs> if he died, I think that that would be huge there. But I think here we would still be like, yeah, Harry and Meghan, like, fuck you. We don't care about Philip. I also just want to point out that as a child, um, when I would pick up like a J14 or like a Tiger Beat and Prince William was the pullout uh, poster, I was always mad because I always thought that Harry was so much hotter than William 
And nobody was with me on that. Like William was very much regarded as the cuter prince growing up. And now William looks like shit. And Harry is a devoted, wonderful, loving father, still hot. Like, I just feel so vindicated. William has aged like milk left in the sun. Uh, He looks absolutely terrible. Like princess, someone, people have been tweeting this too. Like princess Diana snatched her jeans back once she saw that William sucked. She was like, nope, you're aging like your fucking dad. (laughs) <laughs> and he is he, he said looks no awful well it's just like william just like he looks like the guy that peaked in high school and then you see mm-hmm. him at your reunion right. and he looks like garbage and i just he uh, if there's ever been a person that i am sure will not hear my commentary about him it's prince william yes. which is why i don't feel bad saying it. we can be very bold but at like, this point because none of these people prince philip won't hear it he's already dead yeah, there's never been a person I'm I am more sure won't hear my thoughts on them. So I just want to say that vengeance, like justice was served for Prince Harry. They didn't say what royal family member it was that talked about Archie's skin tone, but I just like know in my heart it was Charles. I know in my heart it was Charles or William because they said it would ruin their reputation. And like, so it's not Andrew because he already, his reputation sucks. And they said it wasn't their grandparents. It wasn't the queen or Philip. Philip can't speak. So that makes sense. And then (laughs) it has to be, I think it could be Charles, but Charles also has a bad reputation for obvious reasons. And then William Mm -hmm. is like the only one who like, I feel like- It could be really damaging. Right. Who like has enough of like a good reputation. So quote unquote, even though- like bad shit has come out about him too, but everybody for some reason just ignored it. Well, it's exactly what Harry and Meghan were talking about, that they will squash headlines for people that they want to protect. Like there was a full story about William cheating on Kate, that it was a story for like one day and then it disappeared. Yeah, and nobody talked about it again. So I think that that could be, would be the most damaging for William, but it definitely could have also been Charles because he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, so let me know guys, um, should we move on from one- racist white institution to another and change this to a a recap of the royal happenings. But that being said, I don't think that's sustainable because we got this one interview and I guarantee they will not do another public interview like that for a very long time. And that being said, we all need to manifest, put this into your thoughts and your prayers and think about it every minute of every day. We need to manifest Oprah interviewing Britney. I need that. I, I need it. I need to know what is going on with Britney Spears. So please, everybody, manifest that shit. We need Oprah to interview Britney. She deserves it. She, she deserves to get out of there. So, uh, yeah, anyway, so this all doesn't relate to the <laughs> this Bachelor. This is a Bachelor podcast. <laughs> but it's way more exciting. Those last five, like 10 minutes, much more thrilling than anything we saw on this week's episode. Or this season, for that matter. So, right. with that said... Oh, should we sign Prince Philip up for like the seniors version of The Bachelor? Trying to tie the two things together. So No, but when he dies, we sign the queen up. Dude, I can't her being interviewed and yeah, like the thing comes across and it's like occupation queen of England. So good. Oh my God, that would be so funny. (laughs) She starts talking about how much she loves her grandsons. Oh my God, I can't. I would die. We need her to be on it. I would die. Imagine Um, her hometown. Her hometown. So this is the palace. So we have two spinoff show ideas. We've got, we've got Queen Elizabeth as the Bachelorette. And we've got Rejects going on Survivor. 
And like both of those would be so much more interesting than the actual show that we are now having to watch. So, right. So, I uh, this was this really this really went rogue at the end. Thanks for sticking with us. If you stuck it out this long and weren't like, okay, fucking, I don't care. Thank you so much. For that reason, go leave a glowing review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. If you hated this, don't say anything. Just be silent. <laughs> if you hated this, shut the fuck up and go rate another podcast. Yeah, give us five stars. Give us a rating. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your cousins. Tell the Queen of England. Tell Prince Philip. Not that he can hear you. <laughs> and uh, and follow us on Instagram at Don't Insult My Podcast. And if you have a small business, let us know. We'd love to shout you out. While you're on Instagram following people, go follow Rachel Lindsay, please, and thank you. That's all we got. Thank you so Bye. much. See you next week for the finale. Thanks. Oh my fucking gosh. God. <laughs>